It's our plus minus from the first two months of the season. What's going well and what the Preds need to improve on. That's coming up today on the Lockdown Predators podcast. Your Locked On Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Predators your first listen of the day. Every single day, we are your free Nashville Predators podcast. That's available to you wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer and editor at OnTheForeCheck.com, and I have a partner in crime. You do. I am Ann Kimmel. I'm a writer and editor at InsideThePreds.com. It's the first Monday post-Thanksgiving. Uh, it's plus-minus day. And, and I feel, though, we have to give the biggest minus, the biggest minus of the weekend, to the pipes at Bridgestone <laughs> Arena, the plumbing system at the 500 oh. block of Broadway. Yeah, look, if you're, you have one job, if you're, one job. If, if you're a pipe, if you're a pipe, it's, it's like the fourth line. Of an NHL team. Look, you don't have to do too much. You just don't have to screw up. Yes. And then, and then we had we had Ben Harper in pipe form. <laughs> just, some, just somewhere in that arena. Um, yeah, that was bad. It was bad. Total mess. I don't know if you've ever had flooding before, but I have such a reaction to flooding. We had a house flood years and years and years ago and such a reaction. First of all, I was like, okay, good. When they show the video of it, like in the concourse, I'm like, okay, you can squeegee that. But then you think, oh gosh, that got on carpet somewhere. Mm -hmm. And it just becomes a whole thing. Like what a hot mess. Um, Sean Henry said that it ranged from a couple of inches in some places to like potentially a couple feet in other places. So God bless Bridgestone Arena. It has been it has been cleansed by the water. And, you know, let's hear it for all the people trying to get it back together. Because as of now, still no word yet on tomorrow night's game against. They seem, they seem yeah, like they're going to go. The no language is positive. The language yeah, is positive. It sounds folks. like the, from the progress, it sounds like they, they said yesterday there's been what they call tremendous progress on it and yeah their, their goal is to have it you know tomorrow's game against the ducks at bridgestone uh i would imagine you probably you probably could pull it off uh you know where were the parts that were under three feet of water right. i think that's the big thing you know yeah is that in the middle of any sort of locker room or right. anything like yeah. that um, but it doesn't sound like the arena, like any of the operations were damaged, like any like the room where they yeah. store equipment or anything like that. Uh, doesn't sound like the playing surface was damaged or anything like Can that. Can you imagine? Or, or anything that would, I mean, just make it colder and refreeze the ice. <laughs> hey. That's not actually how it works, Nigel. That's not guy. important. That I don't his- care if that's how it works or not. I'm just saying. You can't have, you can't just keep talking about problems without talking about solutions. 
There you go. Well, Nigel, the ice guy, would tell you that's that's just not how it works. But they'll figure out how it works. But it was I I felt really bad the timing of it. I will say this. I felt really bad. Not that there is ever a good timing for pipes to burst and for the arena to flood because there is not. But I felt so bad for the folks who were in town for the holiday. And part of their holiday was let's go to a Predators game. And that like. I really, I am so sorry for everybody, yeah. and I'm sure that the predators are too. But it just kind of well, stunk. That is, that uh, includes me. I know. I'm so we sorry. Tickets to that Blue Jackets game on Saturday. <laughs> well, if Bye. there's, if you're still here tomorrow night, then you can come to the the Preds game with me. I will. I will be. It. I will be back in beautiful Cincinnati, Ohio, at that point. All right. But, All uh, right. But, but I I'm trying to talk all. solutions, Nick. I'm trying to yeah. talk solutions. Yeah, uh, Chris, Christmas break. Uh, I think there's three games going on a lot here, so we will yeah. we will tag team a Preds game at Partake some point. Yes. Uh, you and I were talking about this while we were kind of getting ready for the show. Uh, it's interesting to see how the Preds are going to react to this mm-hmm. extra break because this now is going to be uh almost a full week between games six yeah. games their last one was wednesday uh against the red wings which <laughs> didn't go too well even though it did kind of go well i don't know uh, what and- the takeaway from that is yeah well okay well let, let's 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 start there uh so okay. the, pre- the the last time we talked was before their red wings game mm-hmm. uh red wings shut out the predators three nothing but right. There, but, if, you look at this, if you look at the advanced stats, there's a lot there that makes you go, okay, like this is this is the type of game. And I think it was Alex Doherty uh, on A to Z Sports that kind of pointed out, he's like, you know, he like put all the stats and numbers up. And it's like, look, if you're going to be mad at the Predators winning a game when these stats aren't good, yes. then what's, the, what's your reaction when these stats are good and the Preds, you know, get shut out by a hot goalie? And I think that's yes. kind of an important takeaway here because look, the way the Preds played, when you look at their numbers, when you look at their puck possession, when you look at yes. how um, lopsided the chances were and how you know many chances the Preds got inside those high danger areas, you look at that and you go like, okay, this is what winning teams do. Like this is like what mm-hmm. the best teams in the NHL do is they have this stat line every single night and yeah you know there, there's something to be said that the only stat line that matters at the end of the day is the one that says goals or score right. but and you know you, if you're the preds you do have to find a way to finish some of those chances you're getting but you know if you're going to knock a win over the rangers or islanders or you know a very very close score wise game against the lightning a game in which you took the point because you look at those numbers and say, this isn't sustainable. You know, the Preds are still a bad team, just getting lucky. You know, you can't look at it when the shoe's on the other foot and not go, okay, the Preds lost, but they did good. They just ran into a hot goalie. Yes. And that's so much of what happened Wednesday night. And it was really funny. Uh, somebody said on Twitter, and, and I should have looked to see who it was, said, I really feel like they're not going to get anything past this goalie because you could tell so early in that game. Billy Huso was feeling himself. He was yeah. feeling himself in that game. And 
Nashville generated uh, significantly more high danger chances than the Red Wings did. And Kevin Lankin, and it's not like Kevin Lankin and played poorly. He really didn't. Oh, he had yeah. a great game as well. But uh, Huso was like, I said no. And yeah. no matter what the Predators did, they couldn't get there. But I agree with you. And, and I, it was really interesting to me when Alex posted that because I thought that's exactly where I'm at. And again, I just come back to that whole thing like hockey is not mathematics. You can't read a chart and determine the outcome of a game just like, you know. I go to the doctor and I see the BMI body chart. Let me tell you, I can find my height on there, but there are <laughs> factors that affect whether my weight hits the spot like pie. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like there is Thanksgiving pie in hockey. It is it is yeah. not a mathematical event. So, but I thought it was really interesting to take a look at that and see, you know, again, it goes both ways. Sometimes the stats work in your favor and you get a loss. Sometimes you play absolutely horribly, but you find ways to win. And that is an 82 game hockey season. Yeah. Let me tell you, Anne, my pie over 60 numbers are like <laughs> numbers after this weekend. Oh, like it's not 3.14 friends. Like that's not how many pies I polished off. It was more like I got to the point where I started eating the pie slices like pizza. Like, did I need a fork? No. Did I take it out of the pie tin? No. I just picked it up like a slice of pizza and I'm not sorry. Yeah. This is like that Leon Dreisaitl lockout year oh. where it's just, it was like he was, he was averaging like three points a game or something like that. And it like yeah. stretches. Like this, yeah. this was, this was pie MVP weekend. Yeah. This was my Matt Duchesne record setting, you know, franchise record pie consumption. And yeah. I'm not sorry. Yeah. And well, let's go back to what we were kind of leaning towards at the beginning was just, mm -hmm. you know, they lost to the Red Wings. Now they have this big gap yeah. where, you know, they, the last two games were, you know, tight didn't maybe go the way you would have ideal, but the numbers were there. The numbers behind really two dominant performances were there. Now you're entering another game against the Ducks. But then after that, and you look at this December schedule, which kicks in this week. That's really weird to say. December I know. already here. You look at this December schedule, and in terms of opponents, this may be the hardest month. Yes. Uh, the Predators have on their schedule this entire season. I mean, yep. you, you you look at the schedule and it's, they, they play three out of the four uh, division leaders. They have Colorado twice. They have Edmonton twice. They have Winnipeg, uh, who's on a run. They have Tampa. They have the New Jersey Devils coming up this week, who we all know is right now tied for the best team in the NHL. They have the Vegas Golden Knights, who are also one of the toughest teams in the NHL right now. So it's just like it's a gauntlet. And that's, to me, how are you going to react to this extra space? Are you going to use it? as a chance to kind of sit in, settle down and be like, okay, let's really hone in on what we mm -hmm. need to fix. Can we really focus on, you know, coming out and being really sharp in that Anaheim game a Tuesday night, assuming it's played, or is this going to be, you know, one of those things where you just kind of look sluggish out of the gate. You look like you had yeah. too much rest. Your chemistry is not there. Which, which team is going to come out of this? Is this the team that, you know, looks rested, looks sharp, looks like, you know, they spent some 
extra time, you know, really recovering and fixing some of the, the finer aspects of the game? Or is this going to be that team that looks like they need to play like 15 games and 20 nights to really build positive momentum? And it could go either way. I think that we have seen in, you know, at last season after the All-Star break, the Predators really struggled to get back in their groove and they went into the All-Star break really performing well. After the All-Star break, it took some time and it really kind of almost became a bit of a slog down the stretch for the Predators because that break seemed to be the reset that they didn't need. So there's a part of me that's like, okay, we've seen this before and it didn't go well. The other thing I want to point out is that UC Soros did not play in Detroit. So if UC Soros, if there is a game tomorrow night um, against the Ducks and UC Soros starts, it will be over a week that Soros has played in net. Mm -hmm. What does that, you know, what does that look like? Because we've seen two very different UC Soros, Soros's, Sarai, Sarai, (laughs) in this season so far where he kind of needed some time. We've talked about this before. He's, you know, kind of needs some time to ruminate, to get back to his sort of Vesna vintage form. And he's finally got there. And now we're looking at, you know, eight days off. What's that going to do for UC Soros? Hopefully it will be nothing. But I think in the back of your mind, you have to say, gosh, let's hope that the Predators aren't back to square two after this unexpected break. I think it's going to be really interesting. The best scenario is the Predators come back well-rested, having used this practice time to clean up some things that have maybe been tripping them up. And they come back super hungry to get to the ice because they've missed these games. That's best case scenario. Let's go for that. That that is indeed best case scenario. (laughs) And if there's one thing about the Nashville Predators, they always get the best case scenario. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Well, we have a special plus minus coming up. Since we didn't have hockey this past weekend, we are going to look through the entire first two months of the Preds schedule. What's been going good for the National Predators? What needs to improve? What's something we hope they worked on over the past week with a little extra uh, free time? on their hands that's coming up in just a second but first i want to mention today's show is sponsored by simply safe if you've ever thought about securing your home with home security but you've been putting it off and eh, maybe too expensive maybe it's just not a priority right now you guys want to listen to this right now locked on preds listeners can order the number one rated simply safe home security system for 50 percent off that's their biggest offer of the year you won't want to miss it uh, Simply Safe was named the best home security system of 2022 by U.S. News and World Report for a third year in a row. People love Simply Safe because of their 24/7 professional professional monitoring agents. In an emergency, those 24/7 professional monitoring agents use Fast Protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe to capture critical evidence and verify if the threat is real, so you can get priority police response. Simply Safe is a whole home security system with advanced sensors for every room, window, and door, HD security cameras for inside and out, smarter ways to detect motion that alerts you only when a threat is real, and even hazard sensors that let you know when there's fires, there's flooding, any other sort of weird threats to your home. The 24-7 professional monitoring service costs less than a dollar a day. That's less than the half price of ADT's traditional professional installed system. 
in with the top rated Simply Safe app. You can stay in complete control of your system anytime, anywhere. You can arm or disarm, unlock for a guest, access your cameras, even just adjust system settings. So don't you miss your chance to save big on the only security system we here at Locked On Preds would recommend. You can get 50% off any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL. This is their biggest discount of the year, so you don't want to wait. Again, simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL. There's no safe like Simply Safe. All right, Ann, it's Monday, which means it's time for plus minus. These are when we look at things going well for the Predators, and we give them a plus, things we want to shout out. Then we take things that we don't like about the Preds, the things they need to improve on. We give that a minus. Uh, and since, you know, there's only really one game over the past week, <laughs> I guess too, if you count Monday against the Coyotes, we are going to open the scope a little bit. We're going to look at the Predators season so far, what we like, what we don't like. And we're always optimists here. So why don't start us off with a plus? All right. Well, I will say this when we decided we were going to do this. This is actually a really difficult exercise with the Nashville Predators this season because some things that have been a minus have sort of transitioned to a plus. Some things that maybe started as a plus, all of a sudden you're like, I don't know about that. So this has been an interesting exercise. But one thing that I think has been a consistent plus for the Predators from the start of the season till now through 20 games is Nino Niederreiter. He is my first Plus, and I think this is a consistent plus. You're looking at somebody who has 11 points, 20 games, nine goals, two assists. Nita Ryder came in and really has made an impact right away for the Nashville Predators. And I think that it helps that he has a longstanding bromance with Ryan Johansson, who he is on a line with. You know, they played together in juniors and they really have connected very quickly. But I think he fits in so well with the Predator system, the way that they want to play, his style of play. You are getting from Nito Ryder exactly what you expected you were going to get, you know, nine goals in 20 games. I'm here for that statistic. I think that's going to pan out well. Um, and I also just think this is somebody who off the ice and on the ice, I think he fits in really well and has been an easy, um, an easy get for the fan base. Like I think he's really won over the fan base, not just with his on ice performance, but with his, as they said in the thirst tweets, his boopable nose, like he just is, um, He's just a good fit for the Predators on and off the ice. So for me, Nito Niederreiter is an unquestionable plus in these 20 games. That is very interesting. Did I steal your plus? Uh, no. Oh, okay. Yeah. Why? We'll oh, about, no. We'll, we will talk about that uh, a no. little bit more in, in just a second, Ann. Uh, no. For me, though... A big plus to me. I'm going baby Preds, and I'm going Yuso Parsonen. Uh, now, this is a guy you talk about how to make an impact, and Yuso Parsonen has done that. Uh, I'm trying to remember like what the best kind of rookie stretch was for mm -hmm. any Nashville Predator. Like what the standard is for just coming out in your first, you know for Parson at six games, but what you do for your first month of the season, the impact you make. And 
I'm like struggling to find like any recent examples of people that came into the lineup and um, just immediately, like immediately look like one of the team's best players. Uh, yeah. Like remember Philip Forsberg kind of struggled his first season. Uh, you know, like a lot of high profile guys. Um, I don't I, I can't like maybe Alexander Radloff, like maybe that's, that's the list for the Nashville Predators. Yusuf Parsonen has come in this lineup and has just looked like he's been somebody who's been playing on a team's top line for two years. Yes. Like he has just been that good. And remember the warning signs to all this were there. Like, you know, we saw him in camp who, you know, at times looked like the best player on the ice out there. We heard him after he got sent to the minors, you know, Carl Taylor interview with our friend, Eric Tanay just said, I would be shocked if this guy is in the AHL this whole season. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like he, that was, you know, just kind of the big flag there. It's like this guy, you know, looks special. Uh, he, you know, and there's a lot of people that think he's NHL ready right now. And then to come in, you know, when the Predators are, you know, shuffling lines, looking for that next top six forward, and then your NHL debut to be put on the top line uh, yes. with two of the team's best players, Mikhail Granlin and Philip Forsberg, that's a lot of responsibility. And, you know, we talk about how the Preds sometimes treat young players with kids' gloves a little bit. Not Yusuf Parsonen. They gave him a chance right away, and it paid off. And, you know, you look at Yusuf Parsonen's numbers uh, this year. Um, let me see if I can actually find his numbers. Yeah, you know, six games played, uh, five points overall. Uh, getting, you know, sort of around like 16, 17 minutes a game, which is probably what you want for a young player. Um, you know, not the best past two games, but he has made just a dynamic impact. Uh, three points against the Islanders, who the Preds are going to play today. Uh, you know, good, good showing against Tampa Bay, one of the best teams in the league. Didn't look out of place at that game at all, playing against some of the best players in the league. This is a, a legit star that the Preds can build around. And, you know, he does a lot of really good things really well. And, you know, look, as the Predators kind of hopefully over the next few years transition to more, you know, younger players, maybe players with a little bit more skill, this is a guy the Predators can build a future around. I would agree with that. And, you know, even though he's only played six games here with the Predators, I think you hit the nail on the head when you said, you know, these signs were here in the in training camp in preseason because Parson and really there is nothing super flashy about him as an individual and even his game. His game is remarkable, but it's remarkable in the sense that it is so well developed in so many areas. But he really stood out. As far as being NHL ready in development camp, in rookie camp, I mean, this is somebody who looked ready in the preseason, like you said, and I'm so happy that he got the chance. I think everybody who saw him at development camp was like, surely this is somebody who's going to see NHL ice sooner rather than later. And, you know, it is not always an easy transition, but he really has seamlessly stepped in with the Predators. And, you know, we've seen some rookie mistakes here and there, but the way that he handles them with such maturity, the way that he can get right back out on the ice and jump back into the play and not, you know, kind of play a a little nervous or a little hesitant, 
this kid is really special. Like this kid is special. He he's not going to be a flavor of the month for the Nashville Predators. This is somebody who is going to make a difference for this franchise as long as they keep him here for a long time. Yeah, let's uh, let's hope. Let's, let's know if he's not dangled for a rental player or anything. Oh, let's like not. That. Let's All right, not. Ann. Uh, let's get into the nitty gritty, shall we? Let's right. talk about minuses. What are some things in your mind that haven't worked out for the Preds this season? Okay, I'm actually going to stick with the young person theme. And I am going to say one of my biggest minuses this season is I feel like we have unresolved Ellie Tolvanen issues. And this really bothers me. So last season, he played like 70, I think he played 75 out of 82 games. So it's kind of a healthy scratch towards the end of the season. And we thought, okay, we're just trying to find the right place for him. This is going to be, it's going to get, the lines are going to get sorted out in the off season. This is going to be where we find out how we bring Ellie Tolvanen into the fold and where he is most useful. And he's played... 13 games out of 20. He's been a healthy scratch seven times for the Nashville Predators. And my biggest minus is how in the world are we not able to figure out, how have the Predators not figured out how to use Ellie Tolvanen? Because this is not a player who lacks talent. This is not a player whose game is just profoundly one-dimensional. I just still don't think any of us understand where Ellie Tolvanen is missing the mark as far as, you know, kind of his game and what John Hines wants from him that he's not seeing. And so for me, this is just a big minus. Like you have this talent. And again, you know, Ellie Tolvanen came into the league. He was known for, oh, he's a shooter. His shot is incredible. And that's not wrong. But he also plays, you know, a pretty good 200-foot game. You know, I just don't understand why we have not been able to find Ellie Tolvanen's spot on the Nashville Predators. And it concerns me because we're 20 games in and I don't feel like we have any better idea of where he could fit in or why he's not fitting in than we did at the end of last season. So for me, this is a fat minus. Yeah. And the thing with Tolvanen is like, he hasn't been great this season. Like if you look at his numbers mm-hmm. when he's out right. there, he's, he's not even, you know, last year, you know, when he had, you know, kind of a rough season and was getting healthy scratch, at least he did a lot of things really well. He hasn't been doing those things he did well this season. Like his defense isn't quite where it was, but at the same time, is that Ellie Tolvanen as a player or is that because he's changing his role every single time he gets put in there for a game like is he the bottom line you know kind of defensive winger the energy guy or is he the guy on that second line that's going to go out there and kind of you know start the forecheck and you know pressure guys and lead the breakouts like is that going to be what Ellie Tolvanen is and there's it feels like there just kind of needs to be a bigger discussion somewhere with Ellie Tolvanen and the Preds organization and just be like, you know, let's look at your development. Let's get serious about what type of player. And hey, you know, look, you know, we kind of said this with Victor Arvidsson. Look, if it's clear you're just not going to fit, then maybe that's somebody the Preds need to move out on. on. And I love Ellie Tolvanen. I still think he's got a lot of potential to be a good feast. But, you know, if you're, you're not using him right now, 
Uh, there's other players in the pipeline that seemingly are kind of passing Tolvin in for chances in both kind of roles you can envision them for. You know, I think you may have to kind of look and just towards like, look, is do we make a move? Yeah. That's that's not just putting him on waivers. Yeah. And that one, that one is a hard one for me. But I, I agree with you. There's no sense if if this is just the way that it's going to be, if there is no path forward for Ellie Tolvanen to earn more ice time, if there's not a role that he can fit into easily, then he becomes a valuable piece for that reason. I just hate to see it. I just hate to see it because I still can't quite get why this feels like a square peg in a round hole. Still don't get it, but, yeah. you know, here we are. Of course, we still have a couple other things, and it sounds like we might have, like, a disagreement brewing. I'm feeling a little bit nervous about this, but we're going to we're gonna finish out this early season plus minus in just a minute. But first, want to let you know that this episode is brought to you by our great friends at betonline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting information, for stats, for news and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer. We've got the World Cup going on, USA. Just don't get a tie. Just get a point. Um, but they also have esports. They have it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, and we know you do. You can find those on Bet Online as well. We are always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix on any sport. So head to their website today, or you can use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, and we kind of referenced it a little bit earlier. One of the minuses I have to give to the Predators this season, one of their biggest ones, mm-hmm. is depth scoring the depth scoring just hasn't been there compared to years past we talked about the herd line last week and how that combination just nowhere near the same impact they had last year tanner janelle four points this season just four points for janelle uh yakov trennan four points as well only one goal you know 17 goal score last year looked like he was posted for the breakout colton sissons five points even though that's not really his game um you know it was it was funny remember when we were talking about cole smith uh you know last week and emma lane put out that tweet and say hey cole smith now has five points that's more than anybody except you know these like the six big guns guns. that was that was kind of what stood you make up and go Okay, maybe that's a problem. (laughs) Yeah, maybe that's not a good thing you want to advertise because what was the key to the Predators getting off to such a good start last year? It was the play of like the middle of their lineup. That herd line came going. And look, we talked about Nino Niederreiter, you know, being a big addition coming in. Nine goals that leads the Predators, 11 points, you know, averages out to find what you want him to do. But he's just mm-hmm. been so streaky, like very, very streaky to and, and, you know, he had that big start to the season, you know, the, the one where, you know, after like the first two weeks, you're like, oh, my God, this guy might have wound up being like the steal of the mm-hmm. uh, steal of like the NHL offseason. And then just like very, very quiet after that. 
uh, like, you know, since let me, let me, let me do very quick math here. Uh, so since October 20th, uh, which was a Columbus game. So that was game six on the year. Uh, so he, so he had five points in those first six games. And True. since that, which has been one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 14 games since, uh, only five points. And so that's kind of a little bit of a concern is there's this streakiness uh, that's starting to come out a little bit. And it's like, he'll, you know, he'll go on a run, you know, he just scored three goals in three games a week ago, but then has done nothing on the score sheet since. And you want that to get better. Same with Ryan Johansson, you know, Ryan Johansson mm-hmm. to me has been a disappointment in terms of this, uh, the scoring depth regard. He's just not kind of looking at that scoring at that same sort of pace, that same sort of danger he was last year. He's done a lot of things really well, but it's just he's not kind of finding the back of the net, setting up those plays with the same frequency as he did last year. And that's a concern. Uh, you know, look, the like Matt Duchesne and Mikhail Granlund and, you know, Philip Forsberg and Roman Yossi starting to heat up. Those guys are fine. Like those guys are fine. Those are definitely key to the game. But the thing that makes you a dangerous team, the thing that's going to help the Nashville Predators go out and help, you know, upset some of these teams, help them get far in the playoffs, is the ability to roll out your second line and expect them to dominate the play and get a goal. Roll out your third line and expect them to beat their third line and get scoring chances. And to me, it just doesn't look like the Predators have found consistent scoring anywhere other than their top line this year. Consistent scoring. Mm-hmm. I will say this. Um, I still stand by my Nito Rider as a plus, but I will say this. My minus, one of my minuses goes right along with what you're saying, and that is inconsistent lines. Because if you look at Ryan Johansson and Nito Nito Rider, the big thing in the offseason the big problem that the Predators had to address was second line. They just did not have a second line. They went out and they get Nita Ryder and they have Johansson and you think, okay, here we go. You can just throw somebody in there and they are going to be successful. And that's not been the case. Really, who has been successful with Nita Ryder and Johansson? Fair. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I think that there is... Uh, There is definitely inconsistency in scoring and performance when it comes to that second line. I still stand by my Nita Ryder. But I also think you still, how is it that we still haven't solved this? You know, they still haven't found that consistent second line line mate. And And I like Matt Duchesne with them, but Matt Duchesne didn't last a whole game. And then you saw Cole Smith put on the second line. Like we have rotated people yeah. in and out and, and, and that second line does not have consistent line mates. And so, yeah, that it's a minus for me. And I think that that's true up and down the lineup. You talk about the third line, the herd line kept them together, kept them together. Nothing was happening. And we were like, maybe you need to kind of split them up. We've split them up. And yet we still haven't seen that spark happen. And I just can't quite figure out whether what needs to happen is you need to stick with your lines and let them get chemistry and and see what they can do together over a longer period of time 
because I'm not 100% sure this mixing it up based on, hey, somebody had a really strong first half of a game, so we're going to bump them up. I'm not sure how that really is going to pan out for this team down the line. So I understand what you're saying. I just think maybe the problem might be a little bit different. And I stand by you. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> like I said, I'm not yeah. singling out players. I'm just saying right. the scoring as a team. It's just not there yet. It's yeah. not. It's not quite there. And if the Preds want to turn this around the second half of the season, uh, you're going to have to do that. Yeah, we need some Tanner Geno. Yeah. Uh, all right, and we can't end on a negative note. That's just not who we are as people. No. We're optimists. We so are. let's end on a plus. What's another plus you have for the Predators this season so far? Okay, this is going to seem like I'm just contradicting everything that we just said, but hear me out. My final plus is for the Island of Misfit Toys. We're talking about players like Cole Smith, Michael McCarron, and like Mark Jankowski. Are they scoring? Probably no. Do they make hockey predators Twitter rage a lot? Probably yes. But you know what? These are fringe guys who are filling the role that they're supposed to fill. Now, having said that, yes, we do need some more scoring from them. But it's so interesting to me because when you look at some of these games, and God bless Cole Smith. Can we just take a minute? God bless this man. He does not have a goal yet, but it is not for lack of trying because this this guy has gotten breakaway chances. And you can look at that and say he can't finish. And I look at that and say, but he started. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so let's let's give a shout out to some of these guys. Michael McCarron, he's another one that that people kind of say, you know, why he's in there because David Poyle likes, you know, big tall guys. Michael McCarron has been pretty darn good as far as playing the role that he's been given. And here's the other thing I want to say about McCarron is he's done a little bit better job of knowing when not to do something stupid for a penalty. So let's just. Give it yeah. up for these, you know, these quote unquote misfit toys that probably nobody, not a lot of people are going to be buying their jerseys at the renovated, you know, Nashville locker room store once Bridgestone Arena dries out, but they're doing what they need to do. So yeah. I want to give a shout out to the guys who take the flack, but get out there and do their job. Yeah, I, I actually was going to give a shout out to Goldsmith. Because that guy has been through the ringer this season in terms he of has. the fans. You know, everybody's like, he's like the Luke Cunning this year where he's just like on the ice and we can't figure out why. And, you know, every time that he's mentioned in the lineup, people groan. He's in yes. nobody's lineup. But then look at his numbers this year, Ann. Like at, at five on five, in terms of Predators who have played at least 10 games this season, He's third in Corsi four percentage. Yes. The only people in front of him are Roman Yossi and Cody Glass, which why isn't Cody Glass There's playing? A whole other That's one. a whole different thing. <laughs> uh, in terms of high danger, like high danger chances, he's fourth. Like it's like his numbers are up and down the line. He's really good. And he's doing all that while getting 61% of his face-offs mm -hmm. in the defensive zone. And I think yes. Alex Doherty posted like a little quiz or something like that online, like listing all these stats and people are like saying, is that Ryan Johansson? Is that Philip Forsberg? No, 
that's Cole Smith. Cole Smith. <laughs> like Cole Smith is like actually out there doing pretty good. Yeah. And I know a lot of people don't like him. A lot of people want to see somebody, I guess, quote unquote, more exciting on the mm-hmm. ice. But you can't say Cole Smith isn't earning a spot. This isn't like Luke Cunning last year where it's just none of the numbers added up. And he was right. still getting all these chances and chances making these glaring mistakes. Cole Smith is going out there, you know, analytics wise, doing a pretty good job. And look, other than a few hiccups earlier this year, he's not making a lot of mistakes. Mm-mm. Like, so yep. shout out to Cole Smith. Uh, very, look, and I'm sure the minute he makes a mistake, there's going to be people jumping all over him. But to this point, like, he's done exactly what the Predators have asked of him. Yes. Yep. And I think that's true, you know, of Michael McCarron, Mark Jankowski, since he's been called up. You know, they may not be the, the you know, Philip Forsberg style players, but they're doing what they need to do. So I agree with you. Like, let's give it up for these guys who are just doing their thing, doing their job. Let's hope they can keep doing their job uh, as we go in to the back half of the NHL season, or I guess the second quarter, second, third, whatever, whatever yeah. you want to call this next little yeah. period, the next month next month of Preds hockey. Uh, yeah. Well, like we mentioned, Predators play the Ducks at Bridgestone Arena. We think, fingers crossed, knock on wood. Yes. Uh, and yeah. then after that, the Predators have a very, very difficult December slate. So we will have a preview of Preds-Ducks tomorrow. And then we will look ahead towards some of the tougher games on the Preds calendar coming up. We will be here for you every step of the way. And give yourself a plug. Where can people find your work? You can find my work at insidethepreds.com. And you can find me on Twitter at K underscore Mama on Ice. I'm Nick Moore. You can find me at ontheforecheck.com. Follow me on Twitter at underscore NSMorgan. And be sure to follow the podcast at LO underscore Predators as well. Uh, wherever you're listening to this, whether it's Apple Music amazon spotify any of those be sure to subscribe to us and if you like what you hear drop us a rating that really helps us out if you're watching this on youtube leave a comment let us know uh, what you think of the predators first two months so far also be sure to hit that subscribe button and the bell notification so you'll always know when we have new videos coming out for you that's going to do it for today's locked on predators thank you for making us your first listen of the day we will be back tomorrow with preds ducks preview we'll see you then